the end zone, has a man open, touchdown, Justin Blackman. into another edition of Locked On Pokes. I'm your host, Colby Powell. Glad everyone is with me on this Tuesday morning. Oklahoma State football is off this week, but have no fear because Oklahoma State basketball gets underway tomorrow at Gallagher Arena in Stillwater against ORU. Should be a good one to open the season for the Cowboys, and we'll have some big news uh, later on in the show as well regarding recruiting, uh, some commitments that could be made later this week and on in to next week as Oklahoma State uh, is on the hunt for some five stars. So we'll get into all that and more. We'll talk uh, some Player of the Week awards on the football team as well. I'm Colby Powell. Find me on Twitter at Colby J. Powell and at Locked on Pokes. Right there is where you can send me all of your opinions, your thoughts about this podcast, about Oklahoma State, football, basketball, baseball, golf, tennis, whatever it may be, uh, soccer. The women's soccer team has already clinched the Big 12 regular season title. Now they're going for the Big 12 tournament championship in Kansas City. They'll face off against the Jayhawks again this Friday. Um, so, yeah, a lot going on right now for Oklahoma State Athletics. Hit me up with your thoughts, questions on any of it, at Colby J. Powell and at Locked on Pokes. And wherever you're listening, go ahead and hit that subscribe button. Uh, go ahead and rate this podcast. I would greatly, greatly appreciate it. Tell a friend. Make sure everyone you know is locked on Pokes. All right, let's get things started on the gridiron where Oklahoma State, uh, it was almost a clean sweep for the Cowboys for the Big 12 Player of the Week awards. Now, just a little more than half the conference was in action this past Saturday. There were four teams on by, so six teams played. Kansas and Kansas State, Oklahoma State and TCU, and then West Virginia and Baylor, remember, played the Thursday night 17-14 thriller between those two squads who seemingly could not get out of their own way. Uh, Oklahoma State, on the offensive side, Chuba Hubbard was named the Offensive Player of the Week after his 223-yard outburst against TCU. Again, the first player in the Gary Patterson era, first running back uh, to go over 200 yards rushing. Now, there have been guys doing all-purpose all yards, rushing and receiving, return yards, things of that nature, but just for one running back to go over 200 yards rushing, Chuba Hubbard, the first one to do that in the Gary Patterson era, which encapsulates 19-plus years uh, in Fort Worth. Colby Harvell Peel, who I have raved about on this show, um, and not just because his first name's Colby. Colby Harvell Peel, I told you yesterday, he's becoming one of the best pl defensive players in this conference. Uh, if I had a vote, he would be Big 12 first-team defense. Uh, I think he will be at the end of the season. Colby Harvell Peel, just a sophomore. Uh, he had two interceptions, two pass breakups, a fumble recovery, and six tackles this past weekend against TCU, which earned him Defensive Player of the Week honors. Uh, so congratulations to Colby Harvell Peel on that. And Spencer Sanders also was named Newcomer of the Week. Newcomer uh, just goes to anybody, doesn't have to be a true freshman, doesn't have to be a transfer, anybody who was not playing a year ago for their team in the Big 12 and is now uh, now suiting up. So Jalen Hurts is one newcomer of the week, a bunch this year in the Big 12. And this past week, it went to Spencer Sanders, threw for 158 and two touchdowns. He also had 88 rushing yards. He would have had more. He would have gone north of 100 on the ground with a touchdown. 
had the weird illegal shift not been called on Saturday. And, and y'all probably remember the call that I'm talking about. Now, I was in the stadium, so we were trying to figure it out. Um, and, and luckily, a couple people, my dad had the radio broadcast on in his ear, and they were talking about it, Dave and, and John and Robert were talking about it on the radio broadcast. And essentially what happened is, <clears throat> I believe it was Dylan Stoner went in motion from the right side of the line to the left side. Well, the left guard had stood up and was going back down to get set. So by rule, you now have two men in motion. So left guard gets set. Dylan Stoner does not get set because the play design was not intended for Dylan Stoner to be set. He was still shuffling out to the left as the ball was snapped. He was being used as a decoy on that play, and, and it, he, he was not intended to get set. So then the flag comes out for a legal shift. It negates a 35, 40-yard touchdown run for Spencer Sanders uh, and take point, takes points off the board for Oklahoma State. So that was an unfortunate uh, call there, but also a good learning lesson for Oklahoma State. Uh, you know, that those guys on the offensive line, that is a rare, rare call. You will almost never get that call. But the one time you get it, it could end up burning you, and it could end up being on a big play. So you have to make sure that your T's are crossed and your I's are dotted uh, whenever you're out there on the offensive line. So... Good stuff for Oklahoma State. Chuba grabbing the Big 12 Offensive Player of the Week. Colby Harvell Peel grabbing the Big 12 Defensive Player of the Week. And Spencer Sanders grabbing the the Big 12 Newcomer of the Week Award. So it was a great Saturday for Oklahoma State. And uh, glad that those guys could get that done. Read a story today in the Oklahoman about Mike Gundy and just kind of the way he reacted whenever Spencer Sanders went down this, not Spencer Sanders, Tyler Wallace went down at practice last week. And it, you know, it tells a, uh, a harrowing tale, you know, of Mike Gundy talking about, you know, he likes to cut up a lot of times, but he said that he was coming down from the tower. He didn't know what was next. Um, and, and it all just uh, was very difficult. Gundy said the most difficult thing for a coach is when a player gets hurt, especially guys that give everything they have to the organization. Tylen's a special talent, we all know, but he's very humble. He's very unselfish, and he's a tremendous player, and he's a very, very hard worker. It's just hard for a coach to swallow. I mean it. I mean it just almost ruined my week when I left the office. So uh, Chuba went on to talk about Tylen. Um, and, and, and Mike Gundy, Mike Gundy actually had to stop practice last Wednesday because everyone was kind of, uh, you know, going through the motions. Johnny Wilson had gone down, uh, Tyler Wallace had gone down, um, and Chuba Hubbard said he just kind of talked to us and let us know that this happens. And obviously it sucks. We never wanted that to happen. Sometimes that can break you. If we would have dwelled on it, who knows what would happen? Uh, Mike Gundy went on to say, when I'm here talking about the football facilities, I don't flinch. I stay the course. But when I go home, it just makes me sick. I can hardly function. I can't hardly function at all. So uh, really good stuff in that story from Mike Gundy, from Chuba Hubbard, talking about the Tylen Wallace injury. And you could hear in Mike Gundy's voice after the game on Saturday, whenever he was interviewed outside the Cowboys locker room by Robert Allen, you could hear the pride in his voice that the other guys had stepped up in such a difficult moment and faced that adversity because like Chuba was, was talking about, if you dwell on that, it can break you. And it would be very easy for a bunch of 19, 20, 21 year olds to let it break them that they lost, uh, you know, one of their superstars in Tylen Wallace. And then another guy in Johnny Wilson in a, in a span of 10 minutes, uh, they lose both of those guys 
that could break a team. And you could tell how proud Mike Gundy was of his team's performance on Saturday and really uh, rising above the adversity that they faced with Tylen Wallace being out, Johnny Wilson, Trey Sterling also out. <clears throat> As we know, Calvin Bundage uh, has been out the entire season, and it doesn't look like we will see him at this point. So uh, good stuff in that Oklahoma story and good stuff from Oklahoma State this past Saturday. Let's take a break, come back on the other side, talk about Oklahoma State basketball. Uh, first first game tomorrow versus ORU and some big recruiting news as some five-stars Look to make final visits. Look to make maybe some commitments. We'll talk about all that and more coming up next right here. Locked on Pokes, part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome back to Locked on Pokes. Glad to be with you for another edition here on the Locked On Podcast Network, the number one local sports daily podcast network in the country. We do this every single day, Monday through Friday here, uh, breaking down everything Oklahoma State, whether it's football, which obviously leads the way, basketball, uh, which is about to take that over as the season gets going here when football wraps up. Basketball will be king, but we're also talking baseball, golf. We had the East Lake Cup last week uh, where Austin Eckrote and Alan Bratton and, and the squad did a great job down in Georgia. We've got uh, Big 12 women's soccer, Big 12 tournament going on right now in Kansas City, Oklahoma State, the Big 12 regular season champions. We talked about the cross-country women winning the Big 12 championship yesterday. So if it's Oklahoma State, we cover it here on Locked on Pokes. Make sure you find me on Twitter, at Colby J. Powell and at Locked on Pokes. Uh, and you can also... Subscribe and rate this podcast wherever you're listening right now. Take the time, subscribe and rate this podcast. I would greatly appreciate it. Uh, and I would also greatly appreciate everyone taking the time to get to Stillwater tomorrow, Wednesday and Saturday for Oklahoma State's first two basketball games of the season. These are huge, huge games for the Oklahoma State basketball program. And why is that? Why would two games against Oral Roberts, and the Kansas City Ruse, yes, that's who they're playing on Saturday. They're playing against the University of Missouri-Kansas City Kangaroos, who go by the Kansas City Ruse. Why would two games against Oral Roberts and the Kansas City Ruse be huge games for the Oklahoma State basketball program? I'll tell you why. Wednesday, Bryce Thompson, five-star recruit from Booker T. Washington in Tulsa. Shout out Booker T., my wife's alma mater, uh, Weedham Hornets. Uh, Cade Cunningham and Bryce Thompson are expected to be in town on Saturday, and Bryce Thompson will be there on Wednesday for Oklahoma State's matchup with Oral Roberts. And what you want those guys to see is a packed house, fans that are excited about basketball. Uh, I mean, you want these guys to come here and feel like this is still a basketball school, and like if they come here to Oklahoma State – they can take what Oklahoma State is now and transform it to what it was, you know, in the early to mid 2000s uh, and certainly in the 1990s with the Bryant Reeves teams, the Desmond Mason, Joe Atkins teams, uh, and then on through with John Lucas, James on Curry, Joey Graham, those guys, Ivan McFarlane, all those guys. Uh, I, and I certainly know that there are, are teams that I'm missing in there and, and incredibly impactful players that I'm missing in Oklahoma State's past when it comes to basketball. But this is huge because the early signing period for college basketball goes from November 13th to November 20th. Bryce Thompson has said that he expects to sign 
on the first day of the early signing period. Many people expect Cade Cunningham to do the same thing. Also in town this Saturday is going to be Rondell Walker. Rondell Walker uh, right now is OSU's lone commit in the 2020 class. Rondell Walker is a four-star guard out of Putnam City West, and he played, remember, uh, we talked about it last week, he played AAU ball on the Texas Titans with Cade Cunningham. So Rondell Walker will be joining Cade Cunningham on Saturday in Stillwater. Cade Cunningham is the number two overall prospect in the 2020 class. He is a six foot seven point guard. Uh, and the offers for both of these guys, as you would expect with five stars, are just through the roof. Uh, Oklahoma State would be thrilled to have either one of these guys. If you get both of them, you're looking at probably the best recruiting class uh, maybe in the history of the program. Cade Cunningham right now, he has his final five down to Oklahoma State, Kentucky, North Carolina, uh, Florida, and Washington. So those are the five schools that he took official visits to, and those are his final five. It's important to note that Cade Cunningham has a brother on the staff at Oklahoma State, uh, and Mike Boynton was the first to offer. He was the first to take interest and offer Cade Cunningham. So those things both could help Oklahoma State. Recruiting circles uh, tell basically all of us that he's pretty much got it narrowed down to Oklahoma State and Kentucky, which is huge, huge, huge for the Cowboys. Um, And then Bryce Thompson, he released his final four the other day, and his final four are uh, Oklahoma State, Oklahoma, Kansas, and North Carolina. So uh, obviously some big names there as well. Now, Kansas is still the leader in the clubhouse, if you will, if I can make a golf term. People think that he's going to Kansas. Uh, The belief is that Bryce Thompson wants to play at a school that is really and truly a basketball school, um, which would certainly eliminate Oklahoma from the list if that were the case. But it, it would probably also eliminate Oklahoma State when you're comparing them to Kansas and North Carolina. Now, the uh, pending sanctions that could be coming down on Kansas could have an impact on his decision. I don't know whether he wants to stay close to home, if that could have an impact. If Kate Cunningham does decide to come to Oklahoma State, that potentially could have an impact on Bryce Thompson. Uh, if they decide, you know what, Rondell Walker's already going to be here. If Kate Cunningham's going to Oklahoma State, then I could go to Oklahoma State and we could do something really, really special. Uh, and they could do something really, really special with those guys. So, uh, And then if you look on Rivals, Uh, Corey Evans is a a basketball recruiting analyst for Rivals, uh, and he's a writer, and he took some questions on Twitter, and somebody asked him how Oklahoma State's looking on Bryce Thompson and Cade Cunningham. He said that Bryce Thompson, the favorite, is still KU. Uh, He has a very strong relationship with Bill Self. But then on Cade Cunningham, he said that the word is his decision could be coming uh, in the coming days, and if it is, it would be in favor of Oklahoma State. I guess there was a lot of talk that he was leaning toward Kentucky last month, but Corey Evans has said all along, uh, and again, Corey Evans is the basketball recruiting writer for Rivals. Uh, he said all along that Oklahoma State was his prediction uh, with you know his brother being on staff and Mike Boynton being the first power conference coach to offer him, and he's going to be in Stillwater on Saturday, so a commitment could be in the near future for Cade Cunningham. Uh, and if Cade Cunningham does commit to Oklahoma State, Uh, that might break Twitter. So make sure, if he does, that you head on over to Twitter because there are going to be a ton of reactions if Oklahoma State is able to land Kate Cunningham and or Bryce Thompson. So 
big, big week and big, big weekend for Oklahoma State basketball recruiting. Remember, tomorrow at 7 o'clock, you can watch that game between Oklahoma State and Oral Roberts on ESPN+. Plus. Or you can just make the short drive to Stillwater if you're not already there and uh, go to Gallagher-Iba Arena and get that place rocking for Bryce Thompson, for, for Bryce Thompson, Rondell Walker, and Cade Cunningham this Saturday uh, and really show up and show out, Oklahoma State fans. All right, it is time for me to get to another break. On the other side, we'll talk a little more Oklahoma State football. We've got a kickoff time against Kansas for the game after the break, Uh, so make sure you stick around for that and more as we wrap things up today on Locked on Pokes. I want to remind everyone about Manscaped. Manscaped is number one in men's below-the-belt grooming. Get 20% off and free shipping with the code LOCKEDON. Just go to manscaped.com. That is manscaped.com and use the code LOCKEDON to get 20% off and free shipping. All right, I'm Colby Pell. This is Locked On Pokes, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome back. We're wrapping things up here on Locked On Pokes. I'm your host, Colby Powell. Glad you're with me on this Tuesday. Now, if you're thinking to yourself, it's Tuesday. Why am I not hearing from Mike Gundy? Usually we have all of the Mike Gundy audio broken down on Tuesdays. Uh, Well, Oklahoma State's on by. When Oklahoma State's on by, Coach Gundy is not required to stand up there and talk to the media on Monday morning because that's really uh, designed as more of a... um, a preview for that week's game than it is as a recap from the previous week. Now, oftentimes that's not what those turn into, and that's not necessarily all that they're supposed to be about. But if you don't have a game that week, you don't have to do media availability on Monday uh, and the usual game week press conference. So no game week press conference for Mike Gundy. So no Mike Gundy audio here on Locked on Pokes. Next Tuesday, uh, we'll, we'll do it again just like we do every other Tuesday, and we'll get all that uh, – get all that coming through for you. So uh, Oklahoma State and Kansas, we do have a kick time now for next Saturday. It is going to be an 11 a.m. kick, an 11 a.m. home kick against Kansas. Now, there's a couple ways to look at this. One, you could be real salty that Oklahoma State gets an 11 o'clock kick because people generally don't like 11 o'clock kicks. You can't tailgate as long. You can't really go eat before the game with your family. You know, it, it's just kind of early, uh, and people just, in general, don't like 11 a.m. kicks. But what if I told you that it's November, and it's basically winter? It's not really winter yet, but it's basically winter with some of the cold days that we've had. Uh, and I hate winter. Winter's my least favorite season. Uh, if, if, if winter just went away and never came back, uh, I probably would not miss it. Uh, I guess I should be careful what I wish for. Uh, Saturday, November 16th. Right now, it's supposed to be 50 degrees. So, if you have an 11 a.m. kick, just about the entire stadium will be in the sunshine most of the day. If, in fact, the sun is shining, maybe keep everyone a little warmer. And, uh, you know, you have a night game, you're going to freeze. If you have a 2.30 game, then everybody in the west end zone is going to be in the shade for pretty much the entire game. Uh, And everybody else will be in the shade for part of the game. And you're going to freeze. So maybe it'll be a little warmer having an 11 a.m. kick. Uh, I'm just trying to bring some positivity to what most people probably assume is negative with the 11 a.m. kick against the Kansas Jayhawks. Uh, Now this game, I'm looking forward to a lot more than I would look forward to a normal game against the the Kansas Jayhawks. 
Um, because one, Kansas is better, but two, Les Miles is back in town. Les Miles obviously was at one time an offensive coordinator and head coach at Oklahoma State. He was there from 2001 to 2004, 28 and 21 as the head coach at Oklahoma State. Uh, he won one bowl game and three postseason appearances. He also won Bedlam twice. Uh, you remember, my, uh, not Mike Gundy, Les Miles going out, the big pregame speech on the sideline, and you know that was his thing, was all the emotion that he played with in Bedlam and Oklahoma State fans still, despite the way he left, Oklahoma State fans still remember the way he got his teams to play for Bedlam. Uh, now he's got a much tougher task at Kansas, although this has been a competitive Kansas Jayhawk team. This has not been a Kansas Jayhawk team that has been going out every single week and getting beat by 40. Now, they've had their share of getting beat by 40. Uh, they lost 38-10 to last week to Kansas State. Earlier this season, uh, TCU got them 51-14 maybe. So maybe they just don't like purple um, because they went out against Texas a couple of weeks ago, nearly beat Texas, lost 50-48 to on a last-second field goal two weeks ago. They did beat Texas Tech, the same Texas Tech team that turned Oklahoma State over five times and uh, beat the Cowboys down in Lubbock. Kansas beat that team, so this is a team that can compete. Uh, They even stuck around, pardon me, with OU for just a little bit. So this is a better Kansas team than what we're used to seeing. Over the last five years, uh, Oklahoma State's 5-0 against Kansas. They've actually won every game against Kansas this decade. Uh, None of them really very close aside from the 2014 matchup in Lawrence that Oklahoma State won 27-20. And if you'll remember, a guy by the name of Tyreek Hill returned a kickoff for a touchdown in that game. And I was actually talking about this uh, on Saturday in the stadium with my mom because she was calling for a, a kickoff return for a touchdown. That's what she wanted. And I said, well, that'd be the first one in about five years. And we were trying to remember in conference play, not, not in the non-con against, you know, Savannah State or Missouri State or whoever, in conference play, has Oklahoma State had a kickoff, not a punt, a kickoff returned for a touchdown since the one in Lawrence uh, in 2014? Because I can't remember one. If you can remember one, tweet me and let me know. I cannot for the life of me remember a kickoff return for a touchdown that Oklahoma State has had since then. The return game, uh, it's been rough. This past weekend, they put Braden Johnson back with L.D. Brown. L.D. Brown had been the primary. Braden Johnson was the primary this past Saturday. It's just a struggle with with the new kickoff rules. Uh, Kickers being moved up. You know, some guys are kicking it high. You get it at the 25 if you take a knee now. So all of a sudden, uh, you take a knee or you fair catch it inside the 25, you get it at the 25. So all of a sudden, a return to the 19-yard line uh, seems much worse than it did a few years back when you started at the 20 with a touchback. So, you know, guys are still returning it to the 17, 18, 19-yard line, uh, and I'm sure they were doing a lot of that before. But whenever that costs you seven yards of field position instead of two yards of field position, it seems – uh, a little more, a little more pronounced. So uh, I'm a favor of letting the ball go into the end zone, of fair catching it, of doing whatever you need to do to get it to the 25. Because when Oklahoma State returns the ball on kickoffs, very rarely is that ball getting back to the 25. I'd say two out of ten times Oklahoma State gets it back to the 25. Uh, and I don't have the numbers in front of me. That's just from watching Oklahoma State all season, every kickoff 
Seems like about two out of ten they get back to the 25. Uh, no thanks. I'll take a pass on that, and I'll, I'll make sure that my team is not starting from the 17-18 yard line. And then if you return one and you get a hold or a block in the back and return it to the 18, all of a sudden now you're starting from your own 9-10 yard line, which is not what you want. So I'll gladly take the ball at the 25 and start there every time and make sure that my offense uh, is given a chance to operate on their own end of the field. Glad everyone was with me today. Uh, good show today. Tomorrow will be a lot of fun. Tomorrow is the opening day of basketball season, so we'll take a deeper dive. Uh, we'll take a look at both Oklahoma State and ORU as the Cowboys get ready for the Eagles tomorrow night in Stillwater. Again, Bryce Thompson will be at that game, and you should be too. Get up to Gallagher-Iba Arena tomorrow night. This weekend is going to be huge. Cade Cunningham, Bryce Thompson, Rondell Walker all there on Saturday whenever uh, Oklahoma State faces off against the Kansas City Roos, who will be in town this Saturday for a little non-conference basketball action. Uh, and tomorrow's game against Oral Roberts should be a good test. Oral Roberts has a good basketball program, so make sure you're up there for that one. We'll break that all down right here tomorrow on Locked On Pokes. Thanks, everyone, for listening. This is part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. <laughs>